Hello and welcome to the Transformation Gold Podcast. I'm your hostess, Nicole DeVincentis, aka Figure Chick 911. Awesome as always to have you here. Thanks for joining us. For the new people, you're here for the first time. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Listen, so the goal of this podcast here is to, it's simple. It's about taking action. Massive amounts of action as soon as you have an idea that you want to do something. So we say it this way. We say the goal of this podcast is to shorten that time period between idea inception and execution. All right, when you look at, let's use the social term, successful people. But basically what this boils down to is the people who get what it is that they want in their life. Whatever that is, there's one common thread. They take action. Massive amounts of action. They don't dilly-dally. They don't sit there and think about someday how they kind of want to sort of do something and then put together a plan all the way down to the very last like millimeter detail and then they wait until they have all the resources and the time in order to do it and then before you know it, it's like 10 years gone by and nothing, they've never even done anything about it. It's not how it is. It's literally idea, commitment, work, ex- like execution. It's like blah, 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 like all at one, all at once, and that's how it needs to be. All right. So that's our goal on these podcasts. Now, here's what's up. Every single person that has come to me for coaching in any dimension, whether this is on the health and fitness side, whether this falls into what can be classified as life coaching, it's really personal professional development. Every single person has always been at a major transition point in their life, either knowingly or maybe like subconsciously, but a transition point nonetheless that they maybe came to me for health and fitness coaching because they wanted to get healthier in order to be able to do something else that was like, you know, beyond health and fitness. Does that make sense? Or... They were just coming up out of a terrible divorce or they were changing careers or they were getting ready to get ready (laughs) to retire, but were afraid to pull the trigger on that one or kind of like living like a shut in for a while and everybody in their family was having great successes and out living, you know, happy lives. And, you know, they were absorbing all of the responsibilities of like a giant extended family because they were the loyal person. So each and every one of these people, like they wanted to do something else. And that's the reason why they came to me. And I'll tell you, I always said like, I called myself the transition queen. I called myself the transition queen and dream bubbler. Like people would always tell me what they wanted to do. They'd be so excited about this. And then, you know, everybody else was like, they were almost afraid to take action or they were taking action and they weren't getting any results. It was like they were just spinning their wheels and spinning their wheels and spinning their wheels. And, you know, when you get to talk to people, You think like your situation is completely unique and you know what, it's, it, your circumstances may be, the specifics of it may be unique, but how you feel in those circumstances is not unique. I mean, people are are very, the more you learn about people, the more you realize how very alike we all are and 
how frustrating it can be when you are stuck, you're in a financial pit, or you are in a relationship pit where you, you maybe you date the same person just in a different body and, and you never find, you know, a great relationship or However, I can't even like whatever, like you can't get rid of these last, you know, 20 pounds or you go back and forth between like, you know, starvation diets and, and, and binge eating and, and, but you know, like that's, you don't really care that much about food. It's just that there's other stuff that you'd rather do and there's like emotional eating and you know, this, that back and forth. Now I'm not like a therapist, so I just want to get that on the line. Like I don't do couch time. I do what's called coaching and through your transition point, there's going to be a moment where something shifts inside of you. So today's podcast is about honoring the shift. Now, if you had one of these, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Like it's, it, it, it oftentimes is like a physical shift. For me, my, I call it my pressure center, my, my emotional barometer, my sensitivity center, it's in my chest. And that's where like, if I, if something isn't right, I get a feeling in my chest or something like the shifts when they occur, I can feel them like physically in my chest, not like pain, but it's just that that's like my pressure center inside of there. And maybe yours is something different, but when you come across these shifts, it is almost like a shift in mindset or a shift in perspective or a shift or some sort of an indication that Not only is it time for you to move or move on, however, you know, whatever is applicable to you, but you're ready. Does that make sense? So that's honoring the shift. So let's backtrack just a little bit. And and this part of this is to help you get to know me as the coach, um, to know a little bit of my backstory so that you don't think that when you're with a coach, like a coach can just come and talk at you and then has no frame of reference as to where you are. There was a time. Okay, so leading up to this, let's a quick like recap here. I, I'm a registered nurse, okay? So I left my career of nursing to open up my own company. And, and let's just say like all other things aside, everything what I, I did, I basically restarted my entire life. Like the, everything, the relationships, you know, the whole income generation aspect of it, where I lived and how I communicated, like everything was freaking different. And for a long time, when you're going through that, like picture like layers of an onion, like you're peeling the layers of the onion back and you're, you're cleaning stuff up and you're recognizing, oh, this is yucky too. And I got to fix this. And it's almost like this nonstop unending I got to get to the root of all of these things which have sprouted up and somehow I'm so far off course of where I thought my life was going to be. And at the same time, I had accomplished so many other things. So it wasn't like my life was a total waste, but it just like nothing, like one side didn't match the other, if that makes sense. And I wanted it to be more symbiotic, if you would. I wanted to have vibrancy in all areas of the life. And I wanted to have some truths on which to base my life. 
specifically when it comes to relationships. You come from a very traditional Italian family and especially in today's culture, like some things that people do or think that is right, you know, can kind of get twisted a little bit. And I wanted to be sure that moving forward, um, especially if I didn't have the opportunity to be married, I, I've always wanted to have my own family and I was looking very seriously into adoption. In fact, I was aligned with an adoption agency and, you know, past that first, there's like an approval process that you go through. And the next phase is to, um, raise some money and whatever like that's a part you're not paying for the baby but it it has to do with like paying for legal fees and stuff like that and so as I was doing this I was thinking about who these kids were that were going to be coming into my existence and whether it was going to be an infant through this agency or whether this was going to be foster children there were a lot of things and and being where I was living at the time I was really far away from my family that I knew I was like, I was going to need help. You know what I'm saying? As a single mom and to do this voluntarily and I didn't have a support network at all. How was this going to happen? And I needed to know, like, if I'm going to have foster kids coming in, this is the time for me to make sure that I have some firm foundations and strong structures in place because probably if foster kids are coming in, they're coming from a really bad environment. And my job is to establish some semblance of of calm and structure and love, of course, but also to correct some of either bad behaviors or change, you know, change the where they came from and what's normal. And I knew that the people who were going to be helping me had to share that same backing and not a lot of people did. And the half of it, I didn't even know what the right answer was all the time. So it ended up becoming like this giant journey for truth and going through all these things. It was very much, it was volatile. You know, anytime you have, I'll just put it out there. Like anytime you have financial fluctuation in your household, like it, that's the one thing for sure. I mean, it just like cascades and it it rips through your whole entire everything. And so Needless to say, obviously I survived, but that was the point, like before the shift. Before the shift, I can clearly say, and people have said this about myself and my family, is that, you know what, you're a survivor. And looking back on on my nursing career, not only did I survive, though, in some pretty rough environments, I actually rose to the top and I thrived in them. But I came up with this thing called the Perseverance Credo um, while I think I did this while I was competing, but it, it was it was about having to have a lot of perseverance to endure a high degree of of difficulty, challenges, struggles, if you will. And I survived them all. And what happened was I was doing this life coaching or nutrition coaching, you know, kind of like, you know, cross crisscrossing between the two. And I started coaching on concepts of what were basically like expansion and abundance, where I had first started coaching people in my own network, like my warm market, people who come from the healthcare and first responder industry. And 
for the most part, like our goal is to like, you know, make it through the day. Like that's everybody goes home, you know, on the fire service, you know, everybody, you know, you go home alive to your family, you know, yes, you save lives. Yes. You stomp out disease and you do the best that you can, but it, 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 I mean, that's kind of like it, like it's survival mode and you improve people to the best ability that you are, but like your capabilities stop at a point because like in an emergency setting, like there's always more people coming in. So then the person has to go up to ICU and, you know, life continues on. So I'm doing this life coaching and there was an incongruence between the words that I was teaching my people to be about and where my mind frame was working as a solopreneur. How about that? And, you know, I would teach them, you know, my fitness people about the perseverance credo and about, you know, sometimes when you're training and, and you're going through this tough, like it's a mental toughness that you have to develop in order to really challenge yourself in the gym or however your training schedule is. And that's, that's just like a straight up part of it. But not all aspects of your life are served well by mental tenacity. There's other parts of you which must operate more in fluidity, if you would, or softness. Not that you become like a doormat or anything like that, but I mean, it, for example, who, who wants like a spiny woman? Do you know what I'm saying? So for me to lead with like mental tenacity in an intimate relationship, there's times when I will be the one to hold up my man or you hold him down, you know, whatever the colloquialism is, the colloquialism is, try saying that fast 20 times, but not to be that spiny woman who she's just like brassy and sassy to be around. Do you know what I'm saying? Not spunky, not, not, you know, lack of humor. I'm talking about just like that angry, seething woman or that sassy mouth that has an answer for a freaking everything. That, that model for me, that's not the woman that I wanted to be. And so moving forward through this, like it was obvious that for me, both as a professional, as a coach, I needed to seam my words with my actions in my own life so that it would be the same thing. Like my words and my actions have to match to, to influence my people who were in my freaking coaching program. Like that was like the, where it came to. But I'm telling you that I, it was almost like I was hitting a a lid or a roof while I was trying to do that. Like something was just in my chest. It was, I don't know if I wasn't ready to advance to that next level. I'm not really sure what it was, but I'm telling you, it was probably because I was continuing to, to list out my perseverance credo and it was literally keeping me in that survival mode. That's all that it was. Looking back, like your words completely create your reality. And by my going over and over and over this perseverance credo, and I was like putting up on social media, like as a motivator. Do you know what I'm saying? Like I did it out of good intent. And really what was happening is by reiterating it, it was literally programming me to stay in survival mode. And you can't be in that mode when you expect to rise. 
certainly I never was in survival mode when I was competing even though the workouts were hard, maybe a couple times during cardio, like, please. Oh my God. <laughs> but for the most part, like I freaking love training and I view competing and even training to that magnitude as a luxury. That is definitely something. It's a luxury. It's not a necessity and it's a privilege. And I, you know, full throttle, have such a wonderful opportunity to do that, man. I'm taking advantage of it and I'm going to love every freaking minute of it, every freaking minute of the diet, every freaking minute of, you know, my legs burning and, and all that stuff. And that whole like expansion and abundance, it wasn't, I never thought survival mode when I was going through training all those years to become qualified to hold that position. And yet here I was in my business because I was watching the money factor and I was shrinking down and I was cutting corners and I put, you know, I put on the on the defense, I put myself on a very strict budget. I had money in the bank. Like even my food was a dedicated line item. I mean, I had this quarterly, but I thought that I did everything right. Like I bought all black clothes so that I wouldn't have to, I have like a uniform every single day. I didn't have, you know, I was cutting my own hair actually with manicure scissors. Like, I mean, I made all the proper concessions, but they were all cuts without expansion. And it was, it was acting like in disharmony, whereas on the one hand, I wanted to grow the business. And and at that time, it was not just life coaching, like the life coaching aspect and the personal professional development was actually a leg of what was at the time my, my allergen free baking company. This became a standalone product as I was talking about my baking company and some decision makers wanted my stuff in their enterprise. So that was how this happened. So long story short, but what I'm saying is that one day there was a literal shift and I couldn't explain it. It like something, it was just like you open up your eyes and suddenly like you, everything is completely different. And the only thing I can equate it to is when you, like I said, when it's time to move on from a relationship or when you're emotionally disconnected from this bad relationship. And, you know, I was in one, the guy, man, I mean, he just it was almost like having an out of body experience, just like being in the same room with him. I don't know how else to describe it, but it was like, he'd be talking and it'd be just like, I can't, I'm not, I'm not here anymore. Does that make sense? Like you are, you you are completely, you're gone (laughs) from that relationship. Like that sort of a shift. It's not like you hate the person. It's not like you hold resentments or anything against them. It's just like you're no longer there. And that's how it was, this shift, except it wasn't reduction. It wasn't a pruning shift like I had happened in the past or I had experienced in the past. This was something totally, it was a feeling of vastness in my chest. And it was something I had never, the only other time that I had experienced a shift like this was the very first time I went up for a flight as a flight nurse, they put me in the, in the co-pilot seat and we went up above the trees and 
to have that aerial view, it was like, oh my God, I literally now I occupy a, like airspace. Like my freaking, I used to say the prayer of Jabez every single day, like my territory has completely expanded because I'm up in the sky now. That was a shift for me. Like poof, I was there. I had spoke those words, the prayer of Jabez, like every single day. Oh, that you would bless me indeed and, and enlarge my territory. And up she goes, you know, after several years. And it was like that. But this shift that occurred was completely different because I wasn't in a physical vehicle. It was a shift that occurred inside of my chest. And I remember I was talking with my girlfriend, Carrie, and I, I mentioned Carrie quite a bit. Carrie is one of my dear friends and when she and I met she was a flight medic I was a flight nurse and she since has gone on to get her RN and then went on to become a flight nurse so it's awesome but we used to have really great talks and we still do and one of the reasons why I love Carrie so much is she in my eyes she's very much like a role model for me I tend to be a little bit more I'm probably, not probably outspoken <laughs> and a little bit more vivacious and a little bit more, um, I don't think aggressive is the right word, but I'm, I call myself a swooper, like a swooper mentality, like come in and like take over the situation and Carrie could totally do that, but Carrie is more reserved than I am. She is like the epitome of grace all the time and she also has a deep love for God and so does her husband. And so when she and I talk, we can talk on every single level because she gets it to like, you know, the nth degree. So when I say things like weird things to her, like, you know what, we were talking about whether or not I was going to get a job or something like that. And I said, you know, there was, I, I have this shift. There was a shift. And she looked at me dead in my eyes and she said, pay attention to that. And when Carrie speaks her words of wisdom, like you listen to her and I still like, I wanted an answer. Like, what did this shift actually mean? So I went home and I started thinking about it and I thought to myself, well, you know, Carrie said, pay attention to it. I'm going to pay attention to it. But this is, this is something way different. Like this is, I am... I'm not sure if I'm going to be geographically moving, but I was certain, certain that I was being placed on some sort of a mission. This wasn't like some fairy tale, um, you know, fantasy. It, it was not like that. Like there was some degree of intentionality. Like I had been delivered someplace. I don't know how else to describe it. I know it sounds crazy, but it was this is completely different shift. And it wasn't like uncomfortable. And I, it, the weirdest or probably the best thing about it was that I was completely at peace about it. That was the other thing. So in a way, it's kind of been like, take a step back and let's see where we're going. And uh, on the other hand, it's been, I think, revealed to me now that what happened, this is what I believe, is that up to this point, up to that point of this shift, I had been in preparation. Like I had been in a training ground to come to whatever this next level is. And now I'm not in training, I'm the trainer. And am 
like required and expected to lead the show. Which, you know, your business, your prospecting, like your products and services, how you're going to be leading other people, like the whole enchilada, like it's all the stuff that I've been doing all the way. And the funny thing is, is all the stuff that I was bitching about not being able to do all along the way, but something completely shifted over here. And now it's, it's like, okay, there you are. And I've been placed in different environments since then to help people through their transitions. Like it's been so incredibly cool. It's almost like my cousin calls me Mary Poppins. She's like, you're some kind of like Mary Poppins, only sometimes you're a little scarier. (laughs) But what I'm telling you is that when you feel these shifts, Carrie was right. Pay attention to them. If I hadn't just stopped to really like take a step back and try to grasp or learn or have my eyes opened as to what's going on, I don't know what else I would have done. I I probably would have ramped up my applications to get some sort of a, a an another job someplace. I honestly I mean I honestly don't even know. But yet here we are. And it is it has become a complete in entwinement of faith as to before it was phrenic working. And when I tell you that I've been working since I was little, I, I'm not even joking. Like I've literally been taking care of people since I was like four years old. I can say confidently that I've been working since I was about eight. And this year I turned, how old am I? Am I 45? 44, 45? I think I'm 45. I don't, that's how often I even think about it. I don't know, but I didn't want to be working at that pace anymore of you're like being treated like an animal and you're flip-flopping days and nights. And how is this even going to work? If I'm going to be a single mom, I'm going to have to work more in order to pay for daycare, which means they're going to need more daycare which means I'm going to have to work more. Like, how is this whole thing even going to work out? I knew I needed to have and incur, not incur, earn a higher, a higher um, income, if you would, via whatever avenue, whether it was multiple streams of income, whether it was a higher priced. I knew it was in business. I knew it was not, for me, it was not going to be in the nursing world because I didn't like the direction that the healthcare industry was moving. What happened was, I, it wasn't so much that I hated being a nurse, period. It was, I didn't like the way that nurses were being treated. I didn't like the culture of nursing to like give until you're like bleeding out of your eyes and your soul is sucked out of you. I didn't like the fact it reminded me of an abusive relationship. And the more that I learned about business and about how well 
the bosses, the CEO, like as, as a business owner, you're expected to know your employees and you're expected to know the type of people the employees are, the people that you want in those positions. And when you look at healthcare, there would be no way in hell, if, if, if the gender roles were reversed and men, if nursing was a male dominated industry, the, the stuff that goes on and that has gone on, that shit would never have flown. Like it, it just would not have ever happened that way. And administration knows this, that you've got all these women, a lot of single moms, really, really grateful to have a job. You have a ton, a ton of perks. You have job security for centuries. I mean, it like it, you can adjust your area to accommodate, you know, the different stages of your life. Like it really is built for a woman outside of the fact that there's this, there's this income thing. And even when they raised nurses wages or you could go on for advanced practice, which I looked into, of course, at the end of the day, the healthcare system, in my opinion, is such a freaking broken beast that I wanted nothing else to do with it. And it broke my heart because I felt like myself and my peers, we were in it at the best time, like the, at the height of research, at the height of when there was money being pumped in and the height of where you had the most liberties before we had socialist influence and the drug companies and the insurance companies and then business come in and all of a sudden you got taken away from your patients to fill in check screens or check points on a, a computer screen rather than being truly present with your patient. And I didn't like that. And I didn't, I just, I, it was like a freaking animal. And at the end of the day, I was like, you know what, this, this industry doesn't deserve me. That was ultimately what made me leave. And so stepping out really into the abyss I had a business plan with the baking company, but truth be told, if that thing did not crank, I didn't have anything else like to fall back on. I had been a nurse like my whole entire life. And so then I went like deep into that survival mode, like literally. So when this shift occurred, it was so, (sighs) I could breathe, like I could actually breathe. And this was before the income of my business started going up. The shift happens before you see it in reality. Does that make sense? So what I'm saying is oftentimes when you're at these transition points, and I've been there, where you are, you're twisting your mind and you're, you're just trying to, you know, figure up from down and untangle some of the mess or you're trying to get something to pop and nothing is really working or you just like over and over and over and you're not making any progress and time keeps on going by, like how frustrating that can be. Most of the time, I think as people, our first inclination before we reach exhaustion is to fight, to try to do something and make it work with more force, like to control it and twist it and shove it and push harder and do more and work harder. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like you, you give it your all. If it's not budging, you know what? You're going to move. Like it's, it's you and me and one of us is going down and it's going to be you, not me. But what happens during those times is 
you actually have to become more quiet. And you can call it whatever you want. I call it God. I call it like God is trying to get your exquisite attention. And while you're going through that, like I was praying for wisdom, I was praying for sensitivity, I was praying for, praying for receptivity so that I could hear what it was that he was telling me to do because it was like I was, I was confused all the time and then I was over here and it seemed like this was the direction I was supposed to be going and yet over here there was just like disappointment and, and like nothing but brick wall and then it, I would not pay attention to that other thing for a while and it would like come back to life. Like it was, it was like this mental flip flop back and forth. Like here you are. No, I don't want you to. And it was, almost, it was confusing. And that's when you need to actually like surrender and be quiet. Because oftentimes as you go farther along, Anytime you're in a stressful situation, the master will make the environment quiet to get your attention. Does that make sense? At least that's what they should do. I mean, how many times have you been in a stressful situation where the person who's in charge starts yelling? <laughs> Does that ever make the situation better? It never does. The master, the master leader, not just any old leader, but the master leader will do something to diffuse that anxiety and the volume and may even sometimes speak in a little bit of a whisper so that you can hear more acutely. And God does the exact same thing. And you're sitting there like, hello, <laughs> are you listening to me? Like, hello. <laughs> and he's probably just sitting there like in this giant inner tube, you know, in this pool up in heaven, like, you know, splashing through the clouds up there. He's, he's got like, you know, a Hawaiian shirt on and there's some type of like umbrella drink, you know. <laughs> And you're down here like having a big old meltdown and, and he's like, it's okay, the water's fine, come on in. <laughs> you know, and that's how it, that's how it is. But when, when it gets crazy like that, that's when you need to be quiet. And sometimes it's that quiet for a period of time, which then adds to the level of crazy. But eventually what will happen is you will get clarity. But it will be preceded by a shift. Whatever that shift is for you. You have your aha moment. You have suddenly, like all of a sudden, you're able to exhale. Whew. Right? Or it's a shift that occurs inside of your chest. Like it does, you know, with me. Like something is different here. It's not bad. It's actually very good. I don't, <laughs> I do not understand this, but I'm going to go with it because you know what? I already feel a bazillion times better than I did five minutes ago. I can't really explain it. It's a shift. Honor it. Get ready because then what happens is as you continue to walk, you know, one foot in front of the other, it's like walking through some sort of a staging where, okay, here you have this scene and then you continue to walk and then whoop, 
up goes the paper curtain and now you have this other scene behind it and then you're walking and there's different people different characters okay you're in there you're in this plot in this play and then you keep on walking and then whoop up goes this other paper curtain and i think oh gosh this one is nighttime and then this one you know is out in the middle of cornfield somewhere and then oh my gosh here this one we you know we're on the a high rise of a building and it, that's how it is and and you learn a lot like there's a lot of things which are revealed to you during those times too and it's almost like you are I don't want to say in a bubble but that's kind of how it is like you're well protected in there and you I think what it is is that you have completely switched your frequency and now you are 100% vibing on a brand new frequency when at least for me that shift that occurred it was a feeling of vastness that had occurred and that was I had been training myself like speaking words of abundance and doing everything that I could to put myself around abundant things and beautiful things on purpose to start programming myself out of survival mode and to put myself in full-fledged thrival mode, not with the intention of material acquisition, but with the commitment and the diligence and the integrity to be able to lead my coaching clients to do the same thing and have abundance and vitality in any or every area of their life. The group always follows the leader and everybody who coaches with me is what I call a very fast adapter. So they tend to pick up, you know, like meal planning habits, like lickety split, they become organized, like very, very quick maybe not from zero to 100%, but their habits that they pick, that like as the days and weeks go by, like it's almost like a brand new person, like night and day. Anytime people coach with me or they spend prolonged periods of time with me, like that's the expectation. Maybe at the far end, (laughs) you know, the other aspect of it is I know that I am a very high producer and most people cannot keep up with me. But still, there were places in my life where I was viewing things from a scarcity, like there wasn't enough. There wasn't enough money. There wasn't enough resource to go around. And for me, that was my thorn and nothing was going to change without my actually tackling that thorn. And it's by, by tackling it, I mean it, it was like this giant thing that had to be plucked out and recorrected through education and training and like a whole restructuring of my belief system. And, and once you do that, then it's a, it's a total game changer. Do you see what I'm saying? And then you, all of a sudden it's like, you know what, there's more than enough money to go around, you know, and it probably helps too. Like the economy is a lot better than it was before too. I, I recognize that. But what I'm saying is that anything that you are are holding on to as the splinter you have to expose it you have to expose it and truth be told you have to rip that mf or out there i mean whatever your splinter is in my experience that's how you go next level that's how you change your vibrational frequency on the things that are the most important to you that's really what makes you coachable. It's total surrender of your ego. 
because oftentimes when you go to pull that splinter out, like it caused, like there's a gaping hole there. It's not like this tiny, tiny little, little itty bitty micro splinter. Like this is like a log, like you're pulling that thing out and you're like, oh my God, this is a gaping hole. This is horrible. Oh my God. Ah! (laughs) And you can't tell a whole lot of people about it because there's no words. (laughs) this is just no words except for you know what I'm crazy right now (laughs) sometimes that's the only thing that you can say and you know what those of us who have gone through personal development training and coaching and certainly people who have operated in any part of being in business for themselves especially like you get crazy for for any number of of reasons Sometimes, you know, your social circle is a little bit smaller. It's okay. Like, you you get through it. (laughs) But here's what I'm going to propose to you. That whatever that splinter is for you, okay? If you're at the transition point and you're not able to, you know, cross over to the other side because that splinter is like a giant, giant roadblock for you, have faith. You know, when you pull that thing out, it hurts. It does. The nerve endings are raw. They are. It hurts for a while. But I'm telling you, it's always 100% worth it. Half the time, the things that you were fearing that were going to hurt that bad by you pulling it out are, are actually non-existent. So you, it's not really that bad. It's just that initial, like, whew, man, you got to, like, look at the beast. <laughs> and that could be anything, right? Whether it has to do with scarcity, poverty mindset, as it was for me, whether it has to do with, um, gosh, viewings, abandonment issues, if you would, or love or trust issues, resentment issues, if we're looking on the relationship front. You know, maybe something with health and fitness, maybe it is like food, food phobia or body shaming or or something, you know, like you got to be willing to look at that last little thing in order to be able to experience a full fledged shift. Because after the shift, that's when life starts getting real good. Completely. Then, then you're not hiding anything anymore. Before then, you're able to expand to a certain point, but you always reach a lid. Whereas when you pull that giant log, not splinter, the log out, now you can expand in all directions, and it's it's so much more peaceful and calm on the inside. It's beautiful. I promise you. But you got to honor the shift. That's the moral of the story. So here's your assignment. Here's your challenge should you choose to accept. The next time you find yourself working yourself up into that mental craziness. And now things are escalating to a point where oh, you just want to like twist it and pound it into the ground and shove it. Make sure it fits inside of there. This is, I'm going to win this. Okay. I'm not talking about the tenacity of taking massive action. I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about, that mental that you get. Okay. Along with, I'm, I'm not making any progress and this is not getting any better. 
okay, that. Your challenge is to be quiet. For real. Get quiet. You got to be able to talk your you got to be able to talk yourself down off the ledge. <laughs> and come to a point where you have a clear mind and an open heart and you are like the vector. You're ready to receive whatever message it is even if it's just to be still for right now so that you can regain command of your emotionality and make your decisions, your next moves from a place of peace and power so that they're strategic and you're responding effectively, not reacting to what essentially is like a volatile, dramatic, negative, or non-moving, sludge-filled situation. Does that make sense? You want to be in flow. You want to have your shit together. You want to be able to operate with your eyes and your head above the water rather than underneath it. You want to be in abundance and expansion, not in survival mode. Does that make sense? So our teaching point is to be quiet. (laughs) Reminds me of the Depeche Mode song, Enjoy the Silence. (laughs) And to get in flow, you can do a couple of deep breaths. It's going to help you with that, help you come down. On the health front, you know, monitor your caffeine intake here. (laughs) Anytime you're starting to escalate, you got to have, you know, nature's helpmates to help you bring you down a little bit. And withdrawal of caffeine is going to be one of those easy things. Practice your bedtime ritual. Make sure that you're shutting your electronics off a good at least 30 minutes, if not 60 minutes before bedtime helps to chill out your nervous system and then be still and be ready to receive the answer even if it comes in the form of a shift thank you for joining us again my name is Nicole DeVincentis it's been a pleasure having you on this podcast we'll talk to you next time be great